0: to water bottles the tnt shop has it all browse our shop now at Tntradio.live. patrick henningson and tnt
1: good morning good afternoon good evening wherever you are in the world and welcome to the patrick henningson show with me basil valentine in for patrick this afternoon and i'm delighted to say We've got a very full and fascinating program for you. In the first hour, I'll be joined by Washington correspondent Sam Husseini, uh, who has been writing about the story that is or at least should be dominating the news, namely the self-immolation of Aaron Bushnell in front of the Israeli embassy in Washington yesterday. An absolutely extraordinary act of extreme protest that resulted in the U.S. serviceman's subsequent tragic death in the hospital. We'll be looking at all aspects of that, media reaction to it, reaction on the social media. Will it make any difference? Well, it hasn't made any difference to the Mossad, who tweeted out a picture this afternoon of Aaron on fire <clears throat> with the comment, our enemies kill themselves interesting that a u.s serviceman is described as an enemy by Mossad when uh, it's the United States that are funding providing the ammunition for and the diplomatic cover of course for the genocide that is underway so I'll be unpacking all that with Sam Husseini very shortly and then in the second hour I'm delighted to say I'm joined by arguably Britain's foremost expert on the United Kingdom national security state, Kit Clarenberg. He will be joining me to discuss the new so-called National Security Bill, a further restriction on civil liberties, which is anticipated to be making its way through Parliament this year, a really draconian set of legislation that could mean somebody kicking my door down while I'm speaking to you like this and dragging me off to Belmarsh to join Julian Assange. So um, we've got a fight on our hands to retain our civil liberties in this country, particularly in the light of the extraordinary scenes in Westminster last week where the Scottish National Party's vote Uh, on the ceasefire, was hijacked by Labour friends of Israel. Sir Keir Starmer got on the phone to his chum Isaac I sign bombs that blow children's legs off Herzog and got his instructions as to how to scupper the strongly worded Scottish National Party ceasefire motion and replace it instead with a heavily watered-down Labour Party amendment. And his colleague in this subterfuge was, of course, the also Labour Friends of Israel, Speaker Lindsay Hoyle. Now, the really extraordinary thing about this is that uh, the whole subject was turned on its head over the course of the week by... uh, Disingenuous, in fact, deliberately mendacious members of parliament led by Hoyle himself, suddenly claiming that the reason that he had adopted the Labour amendment, to not put the original SNP motion to the vote in the House of Commons, was that MPs' safety was at risk from the entirely peaceful pros- protesters outside parliament. This is really, really scurrilous, really sinister stuff because suddenly people protesting against a genocide and the mass murder and slaughter of innocent civilians, including children, found themselves attacked as potential terrorists themselves. Well, we know that this is straight out of the Tel Aviv playbook. Uh, We know that Tel Aviv is attempting to frame the massacre in gaza as somehow uh islamism versus the west and this cudgel was taken up by lee anderson formerly deputy chairman of the conservative party who claimed that uh, sadiq khan the mayor of london who i'm not a fan of um was now controlled by islamists indeed that the people outside parliament protesting against the genocide and calling for their MPs to do the right thing and vote against the continuation of the slaughter Uh, this uh, crowd of peaceful protesters were portrayed as Islamist extremists really really scurrilous because I mean first of all I think I didn't do a head count but I think you'll find the majority of people protesting certainly the vast majority of people at the pro-peace, pro-cease-fire rallies in London week after week are native indigenous British people, including many Jewish anti-Zionists and non-Zionists who simply want to see a just and fairer and peaceful world. Painting them as somehow Islamists is, well... I leave you to draw your own conclusions. Fortunately, there's been some pushback, at least, uh, including from Baroness Warsey, one of the very few uh, Muslims um, in a senior position in the Conservative Party. And she spoke to Sky News yesterday, uh, reacting to the hierarchy of racism is how it's being described because anti-muslim racism is being used as a campaign tool uh, whereas of course any even criticism of israel which of course is nothing to do with with the seeking to attack jewish people we're talking about the actions of a state that is portrayed as anti-semitism and beyond the pale so let's listen to uh, baroness water yesterday on sky news and that's clip three
2: by where the Conservative Party has gone. I joined a party many decades ago now which uh, became an inclusive one nation party. The Conservative Party led by David Cameron changed the face of the party, changed the faces uh, within the party. It uh, came to terms with its historic uh, homophobia and its historic racism and wanted to be a party for today. And what I see tragically is a new generation of Conservatives uh, dragging this great party, which over the last 100 years has been the party of government for the overwhelming majority of the time, it's dragging it into the gutter. And that obviously hurts me as a Conservative, but more than that, it disturbs me uh, for the future of our country. Uh, The issue of racism should uh, should not be a party political issue. Uh, All of us in 2024 should care about uh, equalities and should be prepared to implement the equality his agenda equally and therefore we should call out uh, homophobia and misogyny and anti-Semitism and anti-Muslim racism Uh, and it's really disturbing that uh, in the Conservative Party, in the current Conservative Party, not only is there now a hierarchy of racism but uh, anti-Muslim racism is being used as an electoral campaign tool it's it's almost being seen as Muslims are now fair game that they don't matter Uh, and this is dangerous because once my, once a mainstream political party starts to uh, peddle conspiracy theories and start using the language of the far and the extreme right, that is uh, not just disturbing for a political party, but it's a disturbing day for democracy. Yeah, On Twitter, you uh, I follow you on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. And you said uh, Muslims are not just fair game, but convenient campaign fodder. Uh, what do you mean by that? Let's uh, explore that a bit more, Baroness Farsi. Well, I think what you heard from the Deputy Prime Minister this morning, and I'm really disappointed in Oliver, I expected better of him. You know, there are there's the insane squad and the same squad in our party, and I expected him to be part of the same squad. And what he said today was that Lee Anderson had not lost his whip because of his racist remarks, but because he'd refused to apologise for his racist remarks. Now, let's just go back a couple of weeks. Can we imagine uh, in the Rochdale by-election when the Labour candidate was quite rightly accused of anti-Semitism. And he apologized for his anti-Semitic comments. If Labour had turned around and said, well, that's it now, he's apologized, so we're going to allow him to carry on as the Labour candidate, uh, the Conservative Party, my colleagues, would have been up in arms. Uh, So what we're now suggesting is that it's okay to be racist, but as long as you apologize, There are no consequences. And that's a really deeply dangerous place for us to get into. And it also means that we now have absolutely no authority on calling out any other form of racism and certainly not holding the Labour Party's feet to the fire when we see incidents of racism within.
1: Uh, It makes me laugh because, of course, she um, dismisses Uh, the Labour candidate in Rochdale as an anti-Semite, when all he did was say that Israel had prior knowledge of the events of October the 7th, a comment widely circulated in Israeli media itself, and the subject of forensic examination well worth further study. Nevertheless, the Tory party tied itself in knots, and Lee Anderson has doubled down on his comments. And this whole farrago, stems directly from the conflation of protesting against genocide with somehow supporting islamism it's absolutely ludicrous how politics winds its way down these dark tunnels these days into literally absurd places we're going to take a very short break now, and when we come back, I'll be joined by Sam Hussaini and we'll be taking a detailed look at the fate of the poor airman who immolated himself yesterday in Washington. We'll be right back. TNT's Bruce de Torres. How did that impact you, that that first
0: year of studying and realizing you, I presume, were seeing something that was not only unprecedented, if not unbelievable, but unbelievably Harmful. What did that cause you to do? I realized really from the very beginning of the pandemic that this was all um, you know, pushed by propaganda. This, this, was, this wasn't science. This wasn't medicine. This was propaganda that was being pushed by the mainstream media. It was pushed by public health authorities that I knew to be corrupt from my you know, legal battles uh, before the pandemic. Uh, These were very corrupt individuals who were pushing these pandemic measures Uh, and really it seems like all proper medicine and science was just being thrown out the window to push a certain agenda and certain pharmaceutical products on the population. World Stage and Bruce de Torres on today's News Talk TNT. In a democracy, the majority vote rules. But in most democracies, you can only vote for change every three or four years. To understand what people want, governments and political parties use focus groups. These focus groups can include as little as 20 people. Australia is a country of over 25 million people. Does making decisions based on 20 people sound fair to you? Have your say. Be heard in between elections. Download the For My Say app now. That is number four, my say. Today's news talk radio. I do a lot
1: of streaming radio.
2: I do a lot of free
0: streaming. TNT live.
1: And welcome back to the Patrick Henningsen show with me, Basil Valentine in for Patrick. I'm delighted to say I'm joined by one of our regular guests on a Monday, uh, the very well informed and particularly erudite Sam Husseini. Welcome to the program, Sam. Delighted
0: to be with you, uh, Basil. Thank you.
1: Uh, Lots of uh, noise on social media, quite understandably, most of it extremely sympathetic to uh, Aaron Bushnell and liking him to the Buddhist monk who self-immolated in 1963 uh, in protest at the Vietnam War, only, of course, for that war to continue for another 10 or 11 years. Um, One of the most poignant comments I came across on the X platform today is as follows. They'll brand Aaron Bushnell's martyrdom as an act of someone who is mentally ill, but the sadistic carpet bombing of tens of thousands is completely rational and not cause for extreme counter-demonstration. Bushnell represented an errant grain of conscience in a murder machine. And um, sadly, uh, I fear that much of the, certainly the uh, response from Tel Aviv, the uh, Mossad commentary account posted uh, a picture of aaron on fire with the words our enemies kill themselves and i've noticed that the corporate media are doing their best to avoid going there and when they have gone there they've simply referred to the fact that he set himself on fire not the fact that his last words were free palestine and he made a detailed statement saying he could no longer be complicit with the genocide
0: yeah it's an incredibly um um moving act and i i, I followed um self immolations for some time um you, you mentioned the buddhist self immolations in vietnam um pro- actually protesting the um uh, oppression uh, uh, by the south viet the us backed south vietnamese government um of buddhists um and that was sort of that informed U.S. protesters, some of whom immolated themselves during the Vietnam War, um, and also several people immolated themselves around the Iraq War, um, and they were largely ignored. So it's really remarkable, you know, that one of the cliches about media is, you know, if it bleeds, it leads. They want sensationalism and so on and so forth. Um, but they have repeatedly ignored people who, for reasons of conscience, um, have self-immolated themselves. Um, this case became more difficult because he live-streamed it. Um, and it got on, uh, uh, you know, big tech platforms and lots of people um, uh, saw it, even though part of it was blurred out. I actually posted on my Substack stack uh, the full video not blurred out. And even the blurring out it seemed to me was highly problematic. Um, you know, um, you know, he made it quite clear in his short statement that he was disgusted with what was going on in Palestine, the portrayals of Palestinians um, and the sanitization of um, what's being done to the Palestinians. And yet his own death, which he took pains to live stream, was itself sanitized uh, by being blurred and so on. Um, I actually um, got my Twitter account suspended by making the comparison between the um, graphic photograph, the iconic photograph of the Buddhist monk immolating himself and the blurred out image um, that um, went uh, around Twitter and such uh, with um, uh, Bushnell and my account got reinstated in a couple hours uh, after i protested um but um the, the core thing is you know that there's a silencing effect going on people don't feel heard and that's why i think you have people resorting to what seem like desperate measures also you know people talk about this as a suicide and you know if you talk to buddhist if you listen to buddhist monks and others they will say this isn't a suicide uh, this this has its roots in um in a, in an attempt at literal enlightenment um and um you know dying not as a sense of personal desperation but rather um as a path to helping others an altogether different psychological um manifestation, um, even though they both result in death.
1: Yes, and I I don't want uh, Aaron's death to pass without quoting the man himself. As you say, corporate media is doing its best to ignore him. There's no reference to his death on the front page of The Guardian that I can find, supposedly the world's leading liberal voice. he said before the incident, I'm about to engage in an extreme act of protest, but compared to what people have been experiencing in Palestine at the hands of the colonizers, it's not extreme at all. This is what our ruling class has decided will be normal. And, you know, Aaron has very eloquently there pointed up the fact that uh, one person burning themselves to death in front of Uh, The White House is, uh, the Israeli embassy, sorry, is no more horrific. In fact, it's a microcosm of what's happening in Gaza, where people are being burned alive, suffocating to death under collapsed buildings, having operations and amputations without anesthesia, and starving to death, as well, of course, as having their loved ones die in front of them. And a combination of propaganda by omission, Uh, That although we see these things on social media, um, hundreds of Palestinians can die in a night and it registers barely a ripple on CNN, MSNBC, Fox, BBC or any of those outlets. And the sheer horror of the suffering um, is entirely screened from uh, what we now call low information populations in the West. So. Uh, what uh, Aaron was trying to do, I mean, what he succeeded in doing, was in pointing to the extreme human suffering that's going on, uh, and yet that we are supposed to sort of accept as, well, the, the, the key phrase now, Sam, is, is it's war and terrible things happen in war. That's what we're being told, isn't it?
0: Uh, we are uh, being told that um, and the State Department has been filled with tisk tisk tisk, and uh, we mourn every life and this complete disingenuousness and we're wanting the Israelis to take precautions and so on. Um, it's not war, it's genocide. Um, uh, they are targeting civilian infrastructure. Facilities. they are starving a population, they are saying they are starving a population. And it's that very kind of um, uh, uh, mass deceit uh, and mass propaganda that um, I'm certain um, propelled um, Aaron Bushnell um, to take the measures that he did uh, because the the U.S. public even is rendered Moot, a majority have wanted a ceasefire for some time, every demographic group, if you look at it, and it's not reflected uh, a whit in uh, the power structure of the United States. And it's also US military people um, are, uh, you know, they have limited, very limited, free speech rights. You know, they're grunts. You know, it's these chicken hawk types uh, that go and send them off to war um, to kill and die um and uh they're, they're supposed to just shut up and do their jobs um and i'm sure that that festers a great deal of resentment um in the ranks of um, uh, military uh military people many of whom presumably signed up to actually defend the united states but that's not what's happening um i should say um to my point earlier that that you know the, the self-immolations have been ignored a woman immolated herself in December in front of the Israeli consulate um, in um, in Atlanta. Um, I can't even find her name. I can't even find out if she died because she didn't live stream it. Uh, Bushnell had the presence of mind to not only do this so that we know his name um uh, he ensured that we know his name because he live streamed it um and you know got it to some media that at least got it out in blurred form and eventually the the full video came out um so that 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 unfortunately and, you know in and again in contrast you mentioned the buddhist monk you know that that iconic picture of that buddhist monk immolating himself that that was by an ap photographer and it won uh the the picture of the year award uh by the relevant association um uh and it, it was for that image that my twitter account uh was suspended um uh today for several hours so that an image of graphic reality the gruesome reality of um uh, of someone immolating themselves uh was heralded as, as a great iconic image um in 1963 but now in 2024 it'll get you suspended um uh from uh from uh from twitter x whatever
1: yes um caitlin johnston the australian commentator said that she'd watched the uh, whole thing um uh, it's extremely harrowing Uh, I haven't shared it and I certainly wouldn't play it on this platform because uh, I think it's up to each individual to decide whether they want to see it. She said that the sounds that were made uh, are as affecting as the images, the sound of the uh, of the petrol can, the accelerant that he used, um, and the shouts from a police officer who was pointing a firearm at him to get down on the floor. When the man was clearly, uh, you know, fully aflame and a a bystander shouting, "Um, it's not guns we need, it's fire extinguishers. Um, Caitlin said this was sort of the epitome of modern America, really, in a single act.
0: Um, uh, Probably, but it's quite possible that that officer um, pointing that gun could have been Israeli. We don't know. Um, um, so it could have been a joint operation, (laughs) as as much uh, as much is between the United States and Israel. Um, uh, I would love it if somebody dug into that and figured out uh, uh, the individuals um, involved in responding to him. It it, that is incredibly harrowing. The the fact that they are people, you know, he's burning He's literally burning himself alive and, and these people are screaming at him, uh, you, you know, to, you know, get on the ground, get on the ground as if he's threatening anyone. And many media reports uh, put out that, uh, you know, that they that no one in the um, uh, embassy was hurt uh, and they did the, the same thing. It was even worse in December when the woman immolated herself in Atlanta. You had media reports with a straight face quoting Israeli officials uh, calling it a hate crime um <laughs> you know it's an act Sorry. of anti it's an act of anti-semitism <laughs> for this woman who we don't even know her name or if she's alive that she immolated herself and the Israeli officials are pretending that she's full of hate that that that's the degeneration um uh, of of discussion on, on 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 this matter um you know uh, A lot of people said that the uh, audio was uh, harrowing, and it was. I totally agree with that, but some people, I doubt Caitlin
1: um,
0: said it in a way to justify not showing the video, uh, which I I would seriously question. Um, I made an extensive note uh, before I present the video on my substack to say this is extremely graphic and it shows a man immolating himself after he explains why he's going to do it. Um, uh, but again, I go back to, um, you know, as far as I know, that AP photo of the Buddhist monk immolating himself was in tons of newspapers in the United States. And yes, it, it absolutely. moved
1: people. Yes.
0: But no, no newspaper, I can barely, I can say with strong confidence, no newspaper is going to put on its front page or probably anywhere else, an image of um, Aaron Bushnell being burned. Um, And Twitter will likely ban you um, if you post that I don't uh, I I mean, I posted a, you know, a, a, a juxtaposition of his face as he was talking. Uh, and an image of his uh, immolation. Uh, uh, I don't know what the consequences of that would be, but that seemed to me um, uh, to be a fair representation of what happened. So I, I think that there is uh, uh, th- th- this this queasiness about showing reality, um, mm-hmm. and um, you know, uh, people you know pay to see Hollywood movies full of gore, but it's all fictionalized. Um, uh, we, you know, we, we we look for fictionalized gore, but we uh, avoid, you know, the actual horrors um, that that policy manifests. And I think that there's something deeply disturbing, uh, uh, deeply disturbing
1: about that. Absolutely, and of course, there's also the hierarchy of causes. Um, in other words, uh, uh, Aaron. He killed himself to draw attention to the plight of the Palestinians. And it's highly dubious whether the corporate media regards that as a worthy cause to die for, uh, which is why it wasn't referred to by the headlines in The New York Times, CNN Politics, Washington Post. Um, Washington Post: active duty airman sets himself on fire outside D.C.'s Israeli embassy as if it's uh, as normal a thing to do as delivering milk you know no reference to gaza no reference to his last words um the new york times a man set himself on fire outside the israeli embassy in washington the police said i mean (laughs) this is
0: yeah for people i mean you know um for people who haven't you know seen the audio or video, it should be emphasized. His last words were free Palestine over and over again. He was screaming it in um, what may well have been his dying breaths um, over and over again as he stood there uh, aflame in front of um, in front of the uh, the Israeli embassy for that not to crack the headline as to what is actually going on here um, is um, is ridiculous there's even some reports that are like you know the whole you know mental stability thing and so on um presumably because they can't seem to conceive of the notion of somebody sacrificing themselves um for a greater cause that they don't see uh, that they fail to see the validity of
1: well it's very interesting that uh, he is a serving was a serving u.s airman that chose Correct. to do this. Um, yeah. You know, it, well, uh, if you'd ask me who would be a likely candidate to self-immolate in front of the uh, Israeli embassy, I, I would say it would be some sort of uh, either a, a Buddhist or some sort of extreme New Age peacenik type. Do you know what I mean? You you, you wouldn't or, you know, dare I say it, a conspiracy theorist or, or you know, you wouldn't expect it to somebody who, to be somebody who has signed up for the u.s military and is only age 25 and and has therefore grown up uh in the usa heavily propagandized onto the israeli side uh and yet uh, Aaron had managed to see his way through that uh all the way to uh making the ultimate sacrifices you know extremely unexpected
0: um yeah i, I mean you know, I think different people get into the military for widely different causes. Um, and some people get into the military because they're brave. Um, uh, some because they're, you know, uh, there are all kinds of terrible reasons for getting into the military. Um, presumably, he got in because he was brave. Um, and, and this is an incredibly brave, self-sacrificing uh, act uh, that, again, B- Buddhist monks emphasize, this is designed to wake us up. Um, it, you know, it, people, I mean, in a sense, we're all oxidizing slowly. <laughs> we're mm-hmm. all aging, <laughs> and, and they choose to do it all at once um, in, in in an attempt to foster a better life for other people. Um, and um, uh, and, and to wake people up to the reality. And, and you know, military people and some frequently have a fairly good grasp of reality um, because they got to look at the reality in order to do military activity. Um, some use it for very insidious means, but you do see a pattern of, you know, whistleblowers and uh, uh, others coming out of the military. So I'm not totally surprised by that.
1: There's a, a a huge Wikipedia article up about the self-immolation of Aaron Bushnell already, yeah. and uh, it states quite clearly that uh, U.S. complicity in genocide and his part in that as a, a serving U.S. airman was central to his motivation. During the incident, it's, Wiki says, Bushnell said he was protesting what people have been experiencing Palestine at the hands of their colonizers, and declared that he will no longer be complicit in genocide. Before dousing himself with the flammable liquid, so you know it's the fact it's the role of the U.S. and his role in the U.S. military that led him to t- take this ultimate step.
0: Yes, I mean he explicitly says he won't, won't be complicit on the videotape. Um, uh, I'm a little I'm. Sort of pleasantly surprised that Wikipedia, from what you say, has a decent entry on him because I'd noticed. Likewise, that yeah, i I think they had no choice in this case. Again, he live streamed it. I'd I noted. I'd noted in my article. Um, you know, I, I, I wrote an article in um, 2001. I guess um, I'm losing track of the years, but I wrote an article <laughs> about. Uh, Gregory uh, Levy, who self-immolated himself uh, regarding the Iraq War uh, in 1991 and was just ignored. And I was stunned how much it was ignored. And then after I wrote that, um, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Brian Wilson. Um, He is a former military person who was moved by Americans who emulated themselves about the Vietnam War. He eventually laid down on tracks to try to stop. um, He was a former military person as well. He laid down on tracks to try to stop munitions from going to Central America during the wars in the 1980s. And the train ran over his feet Um, and he lost his feet. uh, And he's since retired in, uh, in Nicaragua. He's a very dedicated activist. After I wrote that piece about one person who immolated themselves trying to stop the Iraq War. He told me there were two others that I didn't even know about. Um, so, again, there's a pattern of these people being ignored. They generally don't get Wikipedia entries even. Um, uh, they, they might, you know, There might be an occasional there might be a small article in there somewhere around them. Um, there was one emulator who I profile, a musician from Chicago who uh, immolated himself um, in 2006. Uh, about the Iraq War. And I couldn't even get like democracy now to mention it. Um, there has been a real reluctance by a, a, a great mindset of um, people to ignore this. And I think it's because people don't want to face how horrible the policy is. Um, and um, and that, you know, if these people are trying to wake us up, people sometimes don't want to be woken up. And I, I think that it is um, it, it is um, something that needs to be focused on. Uh,
1: and I'm sorry to say that there will be people who are pleased to see that Aaron has passed away. Yes. Um, uh, and, of course, the key question is uh, the genocide. Um, Netanyahu has said he plans to attack Rafa regardless of any hostage deal. Uh, There's still supposedly, you know, backroom moves involving Cairo and the Qataris to bring about a ceasefire. But uh, we know that the Israelis are absolutely hell bent, uh, and I use the term advisedly, on destroying uh, as much of Gaza as they possibly can. They're quite open about it. Uh, It seems they're quite happy to kill uh, 100 or 1,000 Palestinian civilians including children, if they manage to get one Hamas operative. Uh, Netanyahu is claiming they've destroyed the majority of the Hamas battalions. We've got no idea, uh, no way of verifying any claim like that. Um, But it seems that uh, the United States is determined to continue to provide the ammunition, to provide the diplomatic cover, and to provide the money for the slaughter to continue.
0: I think that Hamas is the pretext, um, uh, genocide is the means and ethnic cleansing is the goal. Um, You now have apparent Egyptian complicity building these facilities um, in the Sinai. I would, uh, you know, I mean, Blinken's running around, been running around the Middle East for several months with multiple trips. Uh, He's clearly not running around trying to create peace Um, He's running around trying to make deals uh, to buy Mm. acquiescence and to bribe Mm. and threaten Arab governments into going along with things. Um, So it's quite likely from the information that we have that they've struck a deal of some sort with the Egyptians, that they uh, will run some kind of facility uh, that Israel is planning to drive out Palestinians again who have already been driven out of their homes in what is now Israel. you know, People say Palestinians have nowhere to go. Uh, that's not true. They have someplace that they should go. Palestinians and Gaza should go back to their homes in what is now Israel proper under an inter- international law. That is actually their right. But Israel has been trashing international law for decades. Um, so, uh, and the US and the Saudis will probably pay for it. Uh, I, I mean, not pay for it, but I mean, they will finance the, um, you know, putting these Palestinians for some time um, in these facilities, um, in in tent facilities in the Sinai, and they'll cover it up as, you know it's humanitarian, so that, you know, not so many of them get killed. Um, Israel is an expansionist settler colonial state, and this is what they do. They continuously drive out the indigenous population, and that's what Israel's been doing. Um, and is continuing to do. I I don't think that Hamas is the target at all. I I, I think Hamas is the excuse. Hamas is the pretext. Um, uh, I honestly think deep in their hearts, uh, Netanyahu and company were delighted. Uh, uh, I don't know, uh, people might take grave exception to that, Um, but they wanted a pretext in order to go after the Palestinians in the way that they've done. Uh, they obviously mm, had a. Without a doubt. They obviously had a plan in place to do it. They did it repeatedly um, over the years, every several years. They call it mowing the lawn, that they, they bombed the, the hell out of Gaza. Uh, they did it in 2009, 2014, uh, 2021, uh and now now at, at, at an even greater level. So what's Part of what's needed is far more serious international action. Um, You know, you had South Africa go to the International Court of Justice. You had uh, proceedings about the illegality of the occupation going on this week, this last week um, uh, at the International Court of Justice. You have people just making rhetorical statements like Lula in Brazil saying, you know, this is genocide and, you know, it creates a hubbub and so on. Uh, there's a lot that Brazil could do uh, beyond, you know, making um, proclamations um, uh, uh, beyond uh, the, the Arab group at the General Assembly is obviously moving to suspend Israel from the General Assembly uh, and possibly admit Palestine as a member. But they could also do things like try to set up a tribunal at the General Assembly to go after individuals since the International Court Criminal Court. Uh, has a corrupt prosecutor and isn't doing what it's supposed to do. And this British barrister, Khan, uh, is clearly a Khan artist um, and uh, is not uh, upholding um, the Rome Statute of the International Criminal Court. He's at, he, he's he's complete. The prosecutor is in on the genocide. Um, uh he he, he likes the United States is effectively green lighting giving diplomatic cover for Israel uh, to conduct its genocide yes
1: yeah, so the diplomatic cover extends of course to the ICJ as well because coincidentally uh, there's been the uh, case all last week the hearings about the occupation uh, okay. and uh you know very simply the occupation itself is against international law uh, and we had speakers from a number of different countries saying, look, quite simply, Israel has to withdraw to the 1967 borders and dismantle all the settlements. You know, you can talk about peace processes and all the rest of it, but international law takes precedence over any of that. It'll be very interesting to see what they, uh, what, what the judges decide. Um, and of course, the United States was, I believe, the only country that defended the occupation and said that israel's security would be compromised uh, if it was forced to end the occupation since when does one country's security take precedence over ending an occupation i mean it's really bizarre stuff you know um do you think that process is going to get anywhere sam um
0: well i mean i don't even buy the notion that it's for Israel's security if israel wanted security it would have made peace a hell of a long time ago um it is engaging in murderous activities that endanger its own citizens because it's an expansionist power uh that obviously cares not a whit for Palestinian life but is willing to sacrifice some measure of Jewish Israeli life as well uh to perpetuate its expansionist project um you know, I fear that the that there were some important statements I think that were made in the occupation hearing from the last week at the ICJ, um, uh, but some is purely rhetorical. You know, from Arab governments that are playing footsie with Israel. You know, I mean, it's yes. not to be taken seriously. Yes. Um, yes. Um, um, but I fear that you know Israel is fundamentally one step ahead. You know, you, you want to declare the occupation uh, illegal? Well, oh, fine, we'll get rid of the occupation because we'll have an outright ethnic cleansing and maybe we will annex the territory. The ICJ um, our, our argument, part of it, is that this has effectively been an, an annexation. You know, occupation, military occupation, isn't illegal typically per se um, it, it, because it's it, the rules of it are envisioned to minimize the damage of it. So think of world war ii right uh, you know germany occupied france okay uh, you can do that but you have to abide by certain laws the us occupied germany uh you can do that but you have to ab- abide by you know certain requisites israel isn't applying by those requisites and is effectively been a- annexing and that's part of what the case is saying that though they're annexing it Israel might well say, "Okay, fine, we're going to annex it and we're going to drive out a bunch of Palestinians. I mean, when they drive out um, uh, as they plan to do, if they drive out as they clearly plan to do, Palestinians from Gaza, you're going to have people doing massive protests on the West Bank. Israel will likely use that as a pretext to even more target Palestinians on the West Bank. So it's like a system that targets anyone who protests against its insidious criminality. Um, And uh, part of the the root of all of this is Israel's nuclear weapons arsenal, right? So one could construct an argument that effectively um, everyone is in part intimidated by Israel for a number of reasons, but one reason being uh, that, you know, the Iranians know that Israel can dust Tehran, Um, Push comes to shove, the Russians know that Israel could; it would be suicidal, obviously, but they could dust Moscow. Um, mm. um, you know, so uh, you know it's 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 power politics at its worst, mm. um, and you know other countries have to think far more creatively and strategic. I mean, you even had the Chinese at the um, ICJ uh, hearings argue um, that Hamas is a national liberation movement. Uh, Now, uh, you know, international lawyers and activists um, have made that point uh, for years. Francis Boyle, for example, Um, you know, like the FLN in Algeria and the ANC in South Africa um, uh, and so on. Um, But for the Chinese to say it, was interesting and the the logical consequence of that would be okay then you should actually be backing Hamas if you actually believe that. Mm -hmm. Um, um, So um, you know other countries need to step up and assert themselves otherwise there's nothing left of international law virtually.
1: Absolutely Um, well hold that thought we're going to take a super quick break and when we come back I just want to ask the final question about the collision course between the so-called two-state solution and Israeli intransigence. Very short break. We'll be right back in one minute. De-weaponizing weather with
0: reality and perspective.
1: Dr. Matthew Walicki is a bit like Dr. Judith Curry. Both of them were prominent academics in their
0: field, and they left their field because of the fact they could not put up with the whole global warming missive. And of course, they have become outcasts. Dr. Curry actually had some of her background at Penn State, and she has been called some
1: mean and nasty names by Michael Mann, to a point where I don't understand why she hasn't sued him for libel and slander, but it's her life. In any case, Dr. Walicki has this
0: idea about rethinking climate change metrics. Now, this is not an old idea. In fact, one of my professors at Penn State back in the 70s The impact of a meal goes well beyond speaking on the issues that impact. This
1: is The Patrick Henningsen Show
0: on TNT Radio.
1: With me, Basil Valentine, in for Patrick today, Monday, the 26th of February, 2024. Finally, Sam, uh, people still talk about the two-state solution. Where exactly is the Palestinian state supposed to exist? Is the Security Council going to recommend one or even vote for one, as Joseph Borrell suggested last week at the G20? or is it completely doomed?
0: Well, I don't know how realistic it is. It's, it's, it's a hanging on to international law, because that's what international law at this juncture still calls for, a Palestinian state in Gaza and the West Bank uh, with East Jerusalem as its capital. Um, uh, you know, th- th- to, to me, it's a secondary question at this point whether it's one state or two state.
1: What needs to happen is that the Israeli genocide needs to stop, yeah. Indeed it does, and the sooner the better, because the vast majority of people the world over have quite simply had enough of the carnage. And it wouldn't surprise me if there weren't more self-immolators in the weeks and months ahead, if this continues. Sam Husseini from Washington, thank you so much for joining us today on today's News Talk. Thank you, Basil. There he goes there, Sam Husseini, and you can follow him on Substack and Twitter. We're going to take a break for the headlines when we come back. Hit Clarenburg and the UK National Security State.